Welcome to episode two of Don't Fuck It Up, season two, which is really exciting. If you haven't already listened to episode one that was aired in honor of Valentine's Day, uh, Tanner and Joe, our significant others, were on the call with us and got some really good candid conversation going around marriage, the podcast, and morning drinking. (laughs) 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 Um, So if you haven't checked it out, it was a really fun episode, very um, full of levity and some, some insight from a male's perspective. So it's a good one. And today it's Sabina and myself. And we want to catch up a bit. It's been a a while since it's been just the two of us creating an episode for you. And it's been a couple of months. So, of course, we've stayed connected and in touch since we took our pause over the tail end of the holidays and for January. And we want to share with you a couple of the things that are going on in our worlds now. And as always, how we feel about it. (laughs) (laughs) and um, maybe give you some insight into things that are happening in your life. So with that, I will pass it over to you, Sabina, and ask you how you're doing. Hello, everyone. I'm doing much better today than I was about two or three weeks ago. It's been not an easy start into the new year. I think I can say that for myself, but I heard it from other people too. It just has gotten busier than most of us anticipated. And I want to piggyback a little bit about the holidays, but I don't want to hang around on that topic for too long because it's already been gone for a while, right? And we are in February, almost March. We are in March, actually, when this airs. So... The holidays were actually really good. Everything we talked to you about, I really practiced. I had boundaries with my family. I knocked down my anticipation or my um, expectations that I had. And Mm -hmm. it actually went really smoothly. Nothing less, though. Mm -hmm. It's always, for me, a really hard time because I have a mother with um, health conditions Mm -hmm. and For me, going back to family is not relaxing. It is actually double work. So that was definitely a lot of work, a lot of positive moments. But I felt really tired after the holidays. And so coming, going back to work, then it was just a lot dealing with. There was just definitely a point where I got sick in January and I couldn't recover. It was a sickness that I just felt like. I I don't know how to get back from it. So it turns out I have complete adrenal fatigue, which some of you know it is. The symptoms might be you are fatigued, you have loss of appetite, you are not sleeping well, and you can also fall into depression. So luckily for me, I know the signs and symptoms. I talk about it a lot, and i definitely been on the other and where I just keep burning the candle from both sides. And so I caught it at a moment where I didn't fall into the depression, where I didn't fall into the panic attacks, and I didn't burn myself out to the point of not knowing how to get back out of it. 
this time around, I was lucky to go and have the medical care. Unfortunately, America does not provide you with, and you can only take time off if you're fortunate enough to have a steady income or some savings or your job is really good to you and gives you the time. So I actually took a whole month off. My doctor recognized the adrenal fatigue. Um, she also said there are some underlying things already going on that she is like, this has to be really cured out right now and just you have to take care of it. Otherwise, you're going to be dragging this around for a longer time or even suffer from even worse symptoms or worse conditions that can lead to a chronic disease. So I've been resting, a lot of resting, a lot of walking, a lot of reflecting, and yeah, really, really taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture and looking at the things that I can control. And um, with that, now I'm going back to work next week. And, you know, like all the things I do on the side, um, they bring me a lot of joy. But it is really hard because you you really have to realize you spend the majority of your time in a workplace. So it definitely led to a lot of thinking of how I can make the workplace more sustainable or more, yeah, like like practice doing my work, what I really truly believe in and what, what helps me to communicate with others and changing a little bit my moves. And that's what's going on. And um, there was definitely a lot of hard conversations with Tanner as well, as Jamie knows already. Um, because there's a lot of uncertainties, right? And especially during this time as living in Germany as an expat, so to say, even I am German, I feel like an expat a lot of times is not easy. And yeah, the, the constant thought in our heads is, are we moving back to America? Are we not moving back? When is the right time? That's what's going on. Yeah. Thank you for sharing and being vulnerable. And I love you. So always no judgment. <laughs> and it's reciprocated. We were chatting before we hopped on and talking about the calendar and I was I told Sabina we were talking about the dates and I was like she's like yeah but next week is the eighth and I was I said it in a way that was not the tone I intended I was just focusing on the calendar and like in the chat mode and I was like no it's not <laughs> as I heard myself say it out loud I was like oh that's not how I intended it to land and Sabina didn't even you didn't even skip a beat she was just like oh yeah it's not so I felt like you know, it's a, a reciprocated safe space to not only not have judgment, but, you know, to fully show up as ourselves. And some days we're um, more chipper than others. And that's okay. <laughs> like Joe always tells me, it's okay. Tomorrow you're going to be better. <laughs> You'll be better tomorrow. <laughs> so I love that you have some awareness and that that awareness actually allowed you not to avoid the feelings, not to not go through it, but to go through it in a way that, as you describe it, seems very mindful in the sense that you, you've you been there before, you recognize the signs, and this time around, you didn't want to go it alone and didn't feel like you needed to go it alone. And so that makes me really happy. Not happy that you were feeling that way, but happy that 
this is a sign that I'm definitely doing better, but yeah, it sneaks up on you. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because Joe and I, this is a three day weekend here in the States for president's day. And he'd been really looking forward to it. He started a new, with a new company, not a new role and not a new job. Um, he's been doing the same thing for quite a while, but with a new company and November. So it's just been a little over three months. And he goes through this cycle where, you know, when he starts a new job or he's, he's in a new position, you know, I think, and I think it goes back to baseball. He was never not the best player on the team. Eventually, whether he stepped onto the team as the best player or, there were guys that were better than him in whatever facet, well-roundedness. And he was like, fuck that. <laughs> and by the end of it, and he'll say that too. He's like, there was ever only one team where I was not the number one guy. And he played and was teammates with a lot of guys who went into the majors. So that's really saying something. And he's not arrogant about it in that way. So when he says it, it's not just blowing smoke. It actually is, is true. And I watched him play. So he was amazing, but he takes that mentality with him into all of the jobs that he has and it's great. And it also comes at a cost. And what he's not good at is the balance piece. So, you know, he inherited with the company he's with right now, some, some jobs. He's a project manager and builds beautiful, like high-end custom homes. And he inherited some jobs that were for whatever reason, you know, poorly run or had a lot of problems, timing and permits and whatever. I mean, construction is fickle like that, right? You can plan beautifully and it all goes to shit real fast. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, it's so much, it's multifaceted. You have um, the company's bottom line and and a fiduciary like responsibility to make sure that you're doing right by the company. And part of that is also doing right by your crew and your guys. And sometimes, hopefully those are all along the same lines, but a lot of times it's at odds. And, um, you know, you also have the homeowner who's the client, and then you have the subcontractors and the architects and all of that. So when there's jobs that are not running smoothly and you were not the person who started them, you know, it's like a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. So he's been that trying to prove himself, be, you know, be the best person on the team and also then manage these jobs to get out of them because he wants to get to the place where he is in jobs where he is he's been the only one who's touched them right like from start to finish because that not to say things don't come up but it's a lot easier when you've been there from start to finish and yeah. so a lot of missed lunches like skipping meals or intending to come home where we're buying a house. And so we've just been trying to be really good about money and we can go really overboard when it comes to the food bill every month. So that's usually when we're trying to tighten up for whatever reason, that's usually where we start. And, you know, it's been really difficult, like random meetings pop up or OSHA shows up on a job or something comes and it's not right. And so he's been um, skipping lunch meals or just stopping at the 7-Eleven and getting a musubi and a Red Bull, which is not healthy and not conducive to, you know, feeling your best. And so, you know, it's been really, really stressful. And especially the last two weeks, he was actually closing out one of the jobs that, you know, he inherited. I think of it as like, you know, when you're cramming for finals 
and you just mm-hmm. go, 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 and then you finish, and then you need to sleep for a week, and you get sick, yeah. and your body just re- like your body. You can push your body to the finish line, and as soon as your brain registers that you've met that milestone, it's like okay, and here's all the shit that we held off on to get right. you to the finish line, and now you need to listen to me. <laughs> and it's it's completely the same theme within everything, right? What just stu- stood out to me on this is what you just described. Skipping meals, not sleeping well, all this stuff is related, right? And here comes me as a nutritionist. is like skipping a meal is the first way of how you're going to burn yourself out. Well, there's always a consequence to pay, right? For everything that you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. So saying yes to like go, go, go and get to that finish line, you're actually saying no to good sleep, good nutrition. Um, You're running on cortisol because you're constantly running behind and feeling like you're always late to that next meeting. And so for Joe, you know, he was really, we were really looking forward to this three-day weekend and he slept for probably 80% of it. And, um, you know, it's, it's good because he got to catch up on what he needed. Um, he's still a little bit, I think, you know, he obviously needs a little bit more, but you know, he started this week out, um, Tuesday, um, much better than he was at the tail end of last week. Um, you know, so he got what he needed and it was, uh, thank goodness I had a friend visiting me from Big Island because, you know, it was girls time anyways. But otherwise, I would have been by myself, really, for yeah. the weekend, you know. Um, and so that's not great for the relationship either. I'm like, okay, so during the week, you're go, go, go. You're focused. You come home and, you know, really just want to kind of veg out a little bit, not really go do anything, obviously eat dinner and then get to bed early because he, we always start our days early, um, you know. And it's, and I get it, you know, he wants to do well. Um, and that's always been his MO. And so there's no judgment around it. There's concern though, that this is a pattern. And when your body gets to the point where it shuts down, something has to change. So that's what we were in the conversation of during his waking hours this weekend. (laughs) There weren't very many of them, but we talked about it. And then when we dropped, um, when we dropped my friend or our friend, she's our friend. Um, Joe loves her and she loves him. So I'll say our friend, when we dropped her off at the airport, we actually went out for a date night and had dinner. And so we got to have some really good conversations because what's interesting too, and I know better than to try to talk to him when he's in that state. And sometimes I do it anyways. I think we're going to have an episode strictly on why do we do things with our significant others that we know are a bad idea, but we do it anyways, because we just want to be shitheads sometimes and pout and stomp our feet. (laughs) And I knew it wasn't a good time to chat with him about it, but I was pissed. I'm like, we've been looking forward to this three-day weekend for a really, well, not a really long time, like, you know, a couple weeks, like, oh, it'll be great. And you slept. That was not fun for me. And, you know, I brought it up while he was in this, like, crabby, tired recovery state, and he gets defensive, right? And I know that. I know better. So it was actually really nice to um, wait until he was a little bit more rested and still share the same things I was sharing beforehand, but he was actually in 
the headspace to listen and to be in conversation about it. And so um, I was really proud. He got home from work at 3.30 today and he took a couple of extra calls. You know, there were some things that he needed to address and, um, you know, but he took them from the house and that's a normal work day. That's a, that's an eight hour work day. And he yeah. never does that. He's normally out the door at six Oh five and, you know, not home until five, five thirty. So it was really good. He, and he, you know, he called it out. He's like, babe, it's three 30 and I'm home. And I was like, yeah, that's amazing. Like, thank you. And what I also want to get to the point of is that he's not, he's not doing it for me because he knows I worry about him or it makes me upset when he spends the entire weekend asleep on the couch snoring. And I'm just looking at him like, twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I want him to get to the point where he values his health and, you know, at least as much as he values the hard work ethic and, you know, really standing out as, as being a great contributor um, across the board to all of those people that he's involved with, you know, throughout his work week. So, you know, it's a work in progress. It always is. But, you know, he's really trying to figure out where he can trim the fat, where he can get more efficient, where he can streamline things and, and maybe say no to certain things so that he can say yes to the bigger fish that will actually yield, you know, it goes back to the 80-20, right? Where, where can he spend 20% of the time to yield 80% of the positive results? And so right. in the exploration, which I'm really thankful for, uh, but I'm curious because I'm experiencing this, you know, from like the spouse's side and you're actually experiencing this as the spouse going through it. You know, you mentioned that you're going to go back to work next week. So do you have um, any reservations of falling into the same pattern or do you have any commitments that you're making to yourself so that you can do your best at work and also make sure that you're taking care of yourself? Like what are your what are your plans yeah. for that? We have talked about it yesterday already. There's also two things that I want to touch on before. So one of the things is when you are in this fight or flight response the whole time and your cortisol is really high, you yourself might not might not see it. That you are yeah, being unhealthy or you're being in a pattern that's just simply not healthy. So it needs to be addressed sometimes by somebody else and telling you that you are not mm -hmm. being healthy. And it is just, I, I would say, I recommend to you that you really take that advice from somebody else to heart and really take a close look if that's really the case. Yeah. The other thing is it is actually really, really hard work to get out of that state of fight or flight to lower your cortisol because your body gets addicted to the cortisol rush. Cortisol can be like a drug for your brain that you just want to keep going and going and going. So to get off that drug, you really need to slow down and take time. And that's really hard work. So when you said Joe is trying to do the hard work and working so hard, maybe the it should a shift should happen and saying, no, you know what, my health and my adjustment to after work is actually the hard work because that feels way harder to giving up work and relaxing. And here's the other thing that's really, really important too is it's not just the sleep. It's not just the nutrition. It's not just the movement. 
It is also who you spend time with and the conversations you have. So community is a really, really important part within this relaxation. So making time to do something with your significant other, making time to go and have a buddy lunch or whatever it is, making time to go and catch up with your tennis club to play and really be aware and be in the moment when you are playing tennis and not just doing it because I have to get healthy and I have to burn off this burger that I just ate. That's also a really important thing. What needs to change on our end? For me, the first part is I have to get back onto normal eating habits. So that has been a big game changer. So for the past four weeks, I've been reading every single night. That's awesome. Yeah. What are you currently reading? I'm reading a book called Fallen Apples. The Fallen Apples. It's by the same writer who also write, wrote um, Perfect Little Lies. Is it oh, the HBO show? Leanne Moriarty? Yeah. Yeah. And Ooh, also, I love her. Yeah. And she also wrote um, Perfect Nine Perfect Strangers, which yep. is also an HBO show with Nicole Kidman. So um, it's a good book. I'm like, I'm pretty into it. And I've been trying to get myself books that are like some some thick books. Like I have like one lying around that's next. It's like 900 pages or something like that. <laughs> so Oh, wow. I wanted to say is I think it's really funny to me how we are living on different continents, different time zones. But for some reason, we always go through similar, really similar situations together. It's just really, really funny how we are in such different parts of our lives, but it always seems to be super similar. Yeah, it is interesting. And I think, you know, there's when you talk about stress and good stress, right? Like, you know, when I even talk about Joe, it's, you know, he's, he's building something for himself and for the family. And he really, you, you know, he enjoys what he does for a living. And there are always going to be things that are stressful. Um, we're actually in the middle of buying a house. Well, I should say attempting to purchase a house, uh, the market for, for anyone else who out there is, is jumping in as well. And I forgot how annoying it is to purchase a home. And it's funny. It's kind of like, I feel like it's like childbirth that, you know, by the time you get pregnant with your second one, you've, you've completely forgotten how awful it is to give birth. And then there's this realization partway through of like, fuck, I have to do that again. Like I have to do what? <laughs> and so I feel like that experience is kind of what I'm experiencing right now as far, as far as purchasing a home. And so uh, we have a really great realtor who's a friend. We have an amazing loan officer. She just is so fast and so wonderful. And the market is insane. So we've offered on houses and went, you know, $40,000 over asking and still not gotten into contract. Somebody else got the house. So it's been really interesting. And so it's a great thing, right? It's exciting. It's fun. And at the same time, it's really stressful. It's one of those endeavors where you are speeding up at times, and then it's a hurry up and wait situation. We actually put an offer out today, and 
you know, the standard um, three days. So we have until Friday at five. And of course, you know, they may accept our offer or potentially accept another offer between now and then. But as we've mentioned, I am not a patient a person. Patient person. My strong suit. So I want to know right now. Of course, my my preference is that it's a yes. Um, the house that we offered on today is actually in the neighborhood that Joe and I lived when we first got here. The company that I worked for that relocated us, um, put us up in this neighborhood for the first month that we were here and we love it. It's quite bougie. It's most of the, of the people who are in this neighborhood are actually vacation vacationers. Uh, but what's nice is that, um, the minimum stay is a month. And so it's not a lot of in and out from, you know, from different families. So there is some consistency there. Um, but it's just beautiful and it does feel like its own little bubble. And so we're really excited. And so of course my answer that I'm hoping for is that it's accepted and we get into escrow. And if that's not the case, it'll be disappointing but that's the name of the game right now. It is a seller's market and, you know, it's really difficult to be a buyer in this position. And I don't want to wait three days to find out. So like, I would almost rather it be a no, but find out instantaneously than have to wait three days and figure out what's going on. So we're kind of in, in that holding pattern as well. And again, you know, just like Joe in the new job, he loves his job. He loves the company. He loves the people. So, you know, it's, it's a good stress and just trying to figure out how to navigate his own habits that could maybe be elevated to allow him to love it and not be so stressed. Um, I'm also trying to figure that out in, in this housing market. It's been a little over four weeks since we started all of this. And so not, not a ton of time. It hasn't been forever, but when you are spending Sundays at open houses and you're constantly waiting for a text on an update, you know, from, from someone and, and it's stressful, all of the paperwork and financial things, you know, getting, getting prequaled and understanding, you know, what needs to happen when, and all of that. So thankfully, We've navigated through all of that. We know what we want. We more importantly know what we don't want because we've seen pretty much everything that's out there at this point. And so good stress and it's still stress. So trying to figure out for myself, where am I turning my wheels? It's such a competitive market that if you don't check the listings for a couple of days, you could have missed a house that would be perfect and there's already 12 offers and you've missed it, right? So it does need attention daily. And with that, you know, wherever you focus your attention is where you're living in that space. So it can become a bit of an obsession and where, where can I actually be better in navigating the stressful part of it? So in my mind, it's like, you're doing that big thing that takes so much out of you to put in an offer, right? It is scary. It is a lot of time commitment. It is potentially the biggest life decision you're going to make because you're putting all, all your money into it. Um, to maybe say after you put in an offer, you sit on your computer, you put it in or on your phone 
to really now for the next 20 minutes, you're going to sit in it in meditation. I have all this energy bundled up. Um, I don't know where to put it. There's just so many emotions. I'm going to lift some weights or I'm going to go for a swim right now. Maybe that's your meditation because I know you love swimming. Yeah. So to do, or even if it's 10 minutes, right, to just calm that body down right now because mm -hmm. all this is out of your control. Yeah. There is nothing you can control about this right now. And we do that, think about it, we do that so much in our lives. It's just all the time. So in theory, I'm pretty sure everybody needs to take a break after every hour working or every hour within a day to the full hour. We should all sit mm -hmm. for 10 minutes and do what we love to do Right. <laughs> to let that shit go stress does certain things to the nervous system. So when we're actively engaging, even if it's good stress, what are those things that we can do to calm down the nervous system immediately and not wait until we're feeling the hangover effect or the after effect of coming down off of that cortisol um, high? And stress is stress, right? Stress, if it's positive or negative, the body doesn't care. It is all the same. Yeah. So because even if you're riding a roller coaster and you're loving it, you are sending out so much adrenaline that it's just a big stressor. So <laughs> riding roller coasters mm -hmm. is not the healthiest thing. <laughs> so it's a really, really hard one to navigate through. And this is why it's so important, like the little things. No more phone after 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. No phone, TV whatsoever while you're eating a meal. Those are little things you can implement. Yeah. And like you said, it's one thing to know it. It's one thing to, it's your role. It's your job to coach and share with others. And it's something different to then find yourself in the after effects. Like I fucked it up because, you know, and I think a lot of times for me, I almost feel like it's worse when it's me. If a client backtracks or we need to revisit the same work, you know, they're again, no judgment. And my experience is always being empathetic and understanding completely. Okay, great. Like now, now, you know, and let's start again. I do not have that same grace for myself, <laughs> especially because I do this for a living. I'm well-trained. I have years, decades of experience. And so when I not even fall back or not even like backtrack, but when I fall into a very simple trap that I give advice on all day, every day, it's that thing of then I'm <laughs> kind of berating myself for being in that space because I'm like, lady, you know this. At least I have clients who come and the coaching I give they've never been experienced. They've never experienced it before. They've never um, been taught. They've never um, had anyone to walk them through those things. So you don't know what you don't know, right? So if you fall into, you know, pitfalls or, or certain things and you've, you've never been trained not to do that, there's no harm and no foul from a place of, you know, better 
because you don't know better. So for me, I think that's where I always then, and again, it's worse from a stressor perspective because then I'm just, you know, kicking myself, (laughs) which causes more stress. But at the same time, you know, I think there's some acceptance and some grace that for me would be beneficial to work on because there is, and it's very similar to what Joe, you know, the pressure he puts on himself to perform like an all-star all day and every day, you know, just because I know these things, just because I'm well-trained and I, I give, you know, this coaching to others does not mean that I won't fall into some of, some of those cycles myself. And so I think, yeah, just the, giving more grace when that happens and using the tools that I have. You're right. The preparation piece, right? Not waiting until I feel the stress of house hunting, but just knowing it is stressful, even if it's exciting, even if it's fun, even if there's, it's tied to joy and lots of hope, submitting an offer and playing the waiting game is stressful. So I know that. Where do I need to set myself up? So almost like meal planning, I feel like, is I need to plan to take my nervous system. And and knowing the whole situation, right? It's not just buying the house. It's not just putting in the offer. So most likely, if you guys get accepted for a house, then more stress will come your way. You guys have to clear your apartment. The apartment has to be, luckily, you don't own it. You can just give it up, but there's probably touch-ups you have to do to the apartment when you move out. Mm-hmm. And then you have to furnish this that you're going to be in. And mm-hmm. again, the bigger picture of all of this is for the next 35 years or 30 years, you are paying a loan. You are paying something and you are mm-hmm. responsible for a house and to keep it intact. That is just you already owned homes, so you know what you're getting into. And this is not a home selling podcast by no means (laughs) it's just there's a lot more stressors to come with it and I know that when you are in the market to buy a house you have thought about everything hopefully already what comes with it like for me in our situations right now Tanner and I said we are in no position to buy a house nevertheless going through all the stress that comes with it right having this attachment um, hanging over our head for the next mm-hmm. 20, 25, 30 years, whatever it right. is. Just sitting within that and noticing this is just a little piece of the stress I'm going to get into. So now it is, is already a good time for me to find one ritual, to find one mm-hmm. thing I do for myself after to just reward yourself and to calm down. Yeah, for sure. Um, And it's interesting too, because, you know, I've learned a lot, not just about myself and and stress throughout what we've, what we've been handling over the last couple of months since we ended season one, but, you know, a lot about people and we've talked about making this an episode, so we'll maybe expand on it in the future, but, you know, there's something so interesting and it kind of relates to the social media conversation we had um, at the beginning of season one, but it has to do with technology and the way that the pros and cons 
you know, we have lightning fast connections. We can speak, you and I, right? We're looking at each other through WhatsApp while we're recording our podcast episode through Alitu. It's your Wednesday morning. It's my Tuesday night. There's wonderful things about technology. So that's, this is not just like it wasn't a, a like big knock on social media. This is not a knock on technology by any means. And specifically to this home buying process, there are cons in the way I think, A, we're too accessible. That's a part of this stressor and cortisol problem is that we're just too accessible. And secondly, we are, we're unable to communicate as humans as much. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we can hide behind a text or an email. We're not actually saying it to a human who's standing in front of us. So maybe we're a little bit more harsh or insensitive or, you know, maybe um, puffing our chests a little bit more than if we were actually looking at human eyeballs. Would you, would you say that? And that's what I would say to the girls all the time. I think I mentioned that in the social media podcast of don't send an email or a text that you wouldn't say in person. And if you would say it in person, Okay, great. Then, you know, then go ahead. Um, There was an instance this last week with um, not my agent, but another agent. And it was um, the house actually that we offered 40K over and still got outbid. Just bad manners. I mean, it was really unprofessional for for her. Um, You know, I would never consider buying a home that she listed, nor would I, you know, want to put any money in her pocket just because of the way that she behaved. Um, It was very unprofessional and very unbecoming of someone who in a down market when customer service and having a really great reputation will, will serve people. You know, I think everyone can make money right now in the market, the way that it is. And when the down market comes, you know, the people who are really good at what they do and who have treated people well, are the ones who are going to continue to survive and do well. And, you know, it's just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And she definitely behaved in a way that was, you know, unbecoming of, of that strong human interaction and connection. And it was silly. It was as easy as picking up her phone and shooting a quick text or a voice memo. It would have taken her less than 60 seconds to respond and would have changed the entire trajectory of our experience, right? Because what I think some of some of these people, and of course, this is an example of the real estate agent, but in all facets and, you know, all, all companies, you know, when the market is hot or you're the it, it thing or in demand, you know, it's really easy to have that sense of entitlement. And I love the quote of, you know, your, um, and I'm going to butcher it, but essentially, you know, the sign of your character is how you treat someone who can do absolutely nothing for you. Right. And, you know, we'd essentially, we'd put in this offer. It was well above asking and, she had been in contact with our agent, asked a bunch of questions back and forth. And then the day that our offer was going to expire, it was like crickets. And she didn't respond to text or calls. And so five o'clock came and went, our offer expired. And she had said, 
nothing, which is just, again, bad manners, right? It's unprofessional for someone who is trying to make a reputation and potentially get new clients or referrals or anything like that. Um, And the text could have been super quick. Our agent called her and texted her several times that day just to get a feel of like, hey, you know, so um, can you just kind of give us a heads up on on timing and, and, you know, if there's other offers and all of those things. And there's obviously things that agents are not supposed to disclose, but crickets. So for her to not even send a quick text back of like, hey, there's another offer I'm going to be presenting, I'll let you know. Or even if it was like, you know, looked like it was going to be not great news on our end, could have even just sent a text and said, hey, listen, there's another offer. It's slightly better. It looks like we're not going to accept yours. And I'll let you know for sure as soon as I know. And so again, just common courtesy that I believe, and she could, maybe she's just an a-hole, like in general. I don't know. I met her in person because she actually showed us the house when we went to go look at it. And she seemed very nice and very professional. So it was a little bit shocking, um, the behavior on the backside after meeting her in person. But again, it goes to, do you behave when you're hiding behind a screen or a text or an email the same as you would when you were actually face-to-face in front of someone? And so was just a really, a really interesting thing. And um, I actually ended up sending her an email after our offer expired and we hadn't heard anything. And it was intentionally, it was fair. It was all true. It was fair. And it was intentionally sharp. And I did that on purpose. And the last line was something to the effect of, I hope you do better next time. And Joe's just looking at me like, of course, you're going to say, give her feedback. And I was like, well, here's the thing. Like, it's, it's to coach on you. It's to coach on you. Right. And I think it is the intention of, yes, there's frustration, but you also want to be fair of like, you want, if you would have been in the situation, first of all, you would have not been in the situation, right? You would have handled it completely different, but if you would have been this person and maybe she is 20 years younger than you or 10 years younger than you, she hasn't gone through what you have gone through. You want somebody to tell you, even if it stinks right now, but this was hopefully a learning lesson for her. And I think what came to mind too is we also don't know this woman's circumstance, right? We don't know the stressor she's in. We don't know what what's going on on the other end, right? So... Yes and no. I think that's generally a good practice to to uphold, right? Because there are, and you even mentioned it earlier, there are so many things where like before when you were going through some of your mental mental health things would have felt even worse being vulnerable and asking for help. So I'm sure there were a lot of things that you kept locked away that people wouldn't have known you were going through. So I think, yes, like that's an amazing lens to look through and a practice. And the reason why I chose to send the email and also send the feedback in the manner in which I did is because while I don't know what's happening for her personally, this is A, her job, and B, she had been in contact with the agent all the way up until she had asked if we would um, postpone Um, or extend our expiration date because it was a Saturday night, which we purposefully did 
because we wanted an answer before Sunday's open houses so that if we weren't in escrow, we would go to open houses. If we were not in escrow, or yeah, if we were, if we were in escrow, you know, we wouldn't go look and waste our time. If we weren't, then we would also be able to explore other homes. So when she stopped communicating with our agent was when she had brought that up, like, Hey, would they mind, you know, potentially pushing out the expiration date because essentially they're shopping for they're they're greedy and they want more offers to see how high they can get the money to go. Um, and when he said, no, we did that on purpose, you know, we've been looking for a while. And if the, if, you know, we're going to be outbid, then, you know, they have two other properties they're interested in and would like to go to the open houses and be able to put the offers in. And that's when she went radio silent and didn't respond. So yes, I totally hear what you're saying. And I think that's 100% a good practice. And in this case, from a professional standpoint, which is the relationship I had with her, right? Um, she she just really fucked up and was super yeah. inconsiderate and rude. Um, I think that also plays a big role in it. Yeah. And it's not you putting like, you know, you're going to the spa and you're not getting the treatment you wanted. It is mm -hmm. a lot of money you're putting in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to that piece of, you know, is technology taking out the human element of our communication and how we relate to one another? Because regardless of how crazy the market is, and and again, like just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. She's going to make money right now, no matter what, because like it or not, things are selling in four days, five days, six days, sight unseen and well over asking because that's just how the inventory supply and demand market is right now. And interest rates are going up. So people are trying to get in before they really go up too much. All of those factors are contributing to this hot seller's market. And so while she didn't have to respond or, you know, do any of those common courtesies, you know, as a human, it would have been nice for her to step back and say, okay, it's a seller's market. I am the seller's agent. I could pull a dick move and just, you know, be greedy and go for whatever I want. Or I could understand that on the other end of this offer, it's not just a piece of paper with a big fat number on it. It's actually a family who is hoping that this home will be their home. And, you know, for her, the 5 p.m. deadline was an inconvenience because she wanted one more day to see if she could get more offers out of the open house. And for us, the 5 p.m. deadline was something we were waiting for, like, by our phones for the last 48 hours to see what the outcome was going to be. Right. So it, again, the technology and, and um, what it offers so many wonderful things, but I also think slowly, but surely that human element is being taken away to where it's allowing people to behave badly <laughs> yeah. because unless the person that they piss off is, me who loves to give the feedback and can do it in a way that pushes people's buttons. If I want to, I can use my powers for evil on the occasion that I, I am inclined. She probably would have never even reached back out. It, she would have just let the offer expire and that would have been it, you know? So it's just really interesting. And so I've been learning a lot about Joe, a lot about myself and a lot about um, trends and, you know, things in the world where, 
I want to be more mindful, right? Is there a place in my world where I'm busy, there's a lot going on and, you know, maybe I'm not in the space of being on my best manner. So where are those places? Because I certainly do not want to behave professionally or otherwise the way this woman did last week. So it's been a really interesting couple of, of weeks. Well, eight weeks, I guess, right? Since we since we closed off. Yeah. Some of us have a really good way of dealing with rejection and others don't. There's mm-hmm. been some traumatic experience that re- re- rejection is a very painful feeling to go through. Mm-hmm. I myself have that too, but this is a whole different story as well. But I think at the end of the day, it's... What I always think is just be kind. And this is, I think, what Ellen Jenner says as every end of her show, too, is just be kind. I think if we all just are a little bit kinder at the end of the day, mm-hmm. things would turn out way different. And, yeah, it's it's not an easy situation to be in right now. And it can be really, really frustrating. And, um, yeah, I'm just sorry you're going through that and that this has happened and I really hope that this was meant for a reason this was a good learning lesson maybe even for her maybe she will come back and send you a bouquet of flowers <laughs> no <laughs> maybe I she will tune it. in and it hear sounds, that it sounds like from the response that she gave or responses that she gave it really did like push her buttons which um you know, my non-highest and best self is still like kind of gloating about. I'm like, well, all you needed to do, you could have solved it with a 30 second text that just said, thanks so much. Because actually, this was the second time that we offered on this house. The first time we offered and got outbid. um, And again, we were fine with it. We were informed. The communication was great. um, But it was investors from the mainland. And I guess they just like got cold feet and backed out. So then it came back on the market. So this wasn't the first time we'd offered on that house. You know what I mean? So there was that extra element um, that made me, you know, kind of a little snarky when it seemed like it really did bother her that I told her she needs to do better. (laughs) I hope she does better in the future, you know, but it's really interesting. I think it's going to, you know, all of this, you know, kind of recap and update that we've shared today and what we've been going through and what we're currently working on personally is going to be, is going to fold really beautiful, beautifully into what we've got going on for the remainder of the episodes for season two. So if you listen to the Valentine's Day episode, we mentioned that we're going to split 50-50 episodes where Sabina and I are together and talking just the two of us. And uh, the other half of the time, we are going to bring on some really special guests that we've been chatting with in our time off to coincide with some different, some different milestones over the next few months. Uh, first up will be for International Women's Day on March 8th. So we're going to have, it's not going to be a bonus episode, so to speak, but it is going to have two episodes launch Wednesdays back to back instead of having two weeks in between, which is really great. So we have a very rad human who is going to join us Uh, She was a part of, and actually she is the one who challenged me to host my International Women's Day event last year. And I think she did it. We'll have to talk talk about it when she comes on, but I'm pretty sure we were, I know we were at brunch casually talking as we do. And 
it was probably two weeks before International Women's Day. And she challenged me from the conversation that we were having to host an event. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I did. And it was wonderful. Sabina, you were on it at four in the morning, your time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I of all the time it. zones. Um, I'm really so, excited to be part of it. So. Yeah. so it feels really good and really full circle to have her on the podcast to celebrate finding our voice for International Women's Day. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah. then we have equally as amazing guests planned for the remainder of season two. Sabina, anything you want to share as final thoughts as we wrap up? What if I say no? <laughs> <laughs> And it kind of goes back to a previous conversation and podcast episode around small, sustainable changes, right? So this would be a perfect example of where you might be feeling, especially with the plan of going back next week, you might feel like you have to completely turn everything on its head. You can't do anything the way that you used to. Um, and, you know, that's creates anxiety and is the opposite of what you've just been doing with your body for the last four weeks of trying to recover. So what small sustainable changes can you make? And I think it's really smart what you're, <clears throat> what you're trying to do as far as, you know, can Tanner work from home a couple of days to support? Can you do a home office a couple of days to support and just adjust it? It might not be perfect the first go around, but being open to assessing and reassessing to try new changes. And I think that's where Jojo is too, right? So his goal is to get home at 3.30 every day because that's an eight-hour workday. Is it going to happen all the time? Absolutely not. Like I can guarantee you for sure, it doesn't matter how hard he tries, he's not going to have a 100% success rate with that. I don't either, right? Um, and so, you know, but that being the goal, then what small changes can he implement to delegate, um, say no to things that actually are a time suck and not producing a big ROI. Um, because you know, his, his why is admirable. He wants to give his best effort. He wants to be a really strong contributor, not just to the company and to his clients, but at home as well, right? Like the better he does at work, the more it elevates our opportunities as a family. So there's a lot of pressure that he puts on himself and I don't think he's alone in that. So yeah, I'm right there with him. I'm right there with him. Right? Yeah. Those are my wise too. It's like as better I do at work, it pushes us more forward as a family mm -hmm. and we get to our goals that we just eventually have. We get to them faster or we definitely make them obtainable. That is definitely a big stressor that I put myself under as well. And I know Tanner does too. It's just what we thrive on. And all four of us just have that in common that we have a really, really strong worth ethic. Mm -hmm. So I think all that sucks up a lot more energy. Not saying that any means. I don't mean we are better than anybody else. We are totally right. not. Right, of course. And, but there is just a certain type of personality that is really contempt, contempt with where they are and contempt with following. I am not a follower. I'm, I have my own head on my shoulders and 
I definitely, before I make my final decision, I hear other thoughts from other people or I research the heck out of it. But that sucks out a lot of energy. And I totally understand where Joe is going with all of that. I just want to say that it just, if you are mentally exhausted, that can lead really quickly also to just really actually being sick. And for the past year, a sign that I didn't notice, and you said Joe is suffering from that right now too. It started all out with constant sinus infection, sinus infection Mm -hmm. every month. And that is just an auto, something that I want to focus more on. It is those wellness things we do. It is taking this 20 minutes out, doing that on those days where I'm not working or on the weekend to really get that me time. It is those situations that really stress me out to limit them or to find another way. So for me, a big situation that stresses me out is currently going grocery shopping with a toddler will make me feel furious, like so furious. Like I'm just... I don't have the patience for it. I forget half of it. I have to do the job again. So I'm limiting it. I'm ordering all my groceries online for this moment now. And my little stressor is coming right now. (laughs) (laughs) But she's all cute and dressed up for to go to preschool. So, yeah, it's it's been definitely a journey. Well, thanks for catching up with us. We hope you enjoyed hearing what's been going on and maybe took away a tip or two that will help you with your little stressors or big stressors, as the case may be. Tune in for a special International Women's Day episode on March 8th, where we have the beautiful, wise, and kick-ass guest, Stephanie, joining us. Until next time, don't fuck it up. Thank you.